That was great. And I think you're right. Brands need to engage your round. You are not the first person on this pod to say that, which is amazing. And I'm only the second person, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think you're going to get about 10 people to be like, it can't just be June. everybody and welcome back to The Human Element, Kara's podcast focused on finding ways to inject humanity and insight into modern marketing. Today, we have a very special edition of the pod. In honor of Pride Month this June, we will have our Dentsu LGBTQIA plus community and allies join us not only to help us celebrate Pride, but to reflect on the challenges and opportunities within our industry. So let's kick it off. My name is Brooke Bowie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am a Director of Planning and Activation at Kara. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Brooke. So third time now, right? Third time. Third time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, let's dive right in. What has your experience been like being out in the workplace? For me, being out in the workplace, has happened more on a rolling basis. I feel like I'm coming out maybe like once a week at least because, you know, of course my close team knows and people who I'm really close, like friends at work know and, you know, they're great and they're really supportive. But as you know, it's a very social industry and I'm meeting new people like all the time. And so people be like, oh, like they'll notice my engagement ring and they'll be like, oh, how did he propose? And I'll be like, oh, actually, I proposed to her. Thank you very much. Um, So there's little moments like that that happen quite often. So I feel like, you know, there's not like this one moment where I like stand up on my desk and I wave a rainbow flag and I'm like, hey, everyone, I'm gay. And then everyone knows, like it's just happening on a rolling basis. But, you know, once it is out and everyone knows, you know, I nothing but love and, and support. So I feel really lucky for that. But it does get tiring. What brands are engaging LGBTQIA plus audience as well? It's hard to say what brands are engaging LGBTQIA plus audiences well, because, you know, on the surface, companies, you know, they they change their logo to a rainbow logo. And in June, they're supporting, you know, organizations like the Trevor Project, say, which is amazing and, and great. But then if you dig deeper, you see that these same companies are supporting anti-trans legislation, for example. So it's hard for me to say, oh, who's doing it right? Because I'm seeing what's what's on the surface and not digging deeper to see, okay, well, are you actually putting your money where your mouth is? So that's a hard one to to answer, you know, and, and my advice for brands that are trying to connect authentically with this audience is... You know, at the base, you need to do a sweep of your organization and make sure that you are supporting these causes and that you're not supporting, you know, these anti-queer legislation. Start with that and then work your way up and then you can have the rainbow logo and then you can, you know, be making pride merchandise or, or whatever it may be. So what is one piece of advice you have for managers who oversee LGBTQIA plus professionals? Advice I have for, you know, for all managers is to just be yourself. Arrive to work 100% of, of who you are. I had a really nice and humbling experience maybe a couple of years ago when I was at a work event just at an industry event in LA. And this girl who interned at my old agency, who, 
you know, was very, very quiet, didn't know her very well, comes up to me and was like, hey, I just wanted to say like, you know, you really helped me be comfortable with with who I am and be out in the workplace because you were always so comfortable talking about your girlfriend and and things like that. And I finally felt like I could be comfortable um, at work. And that was something I was really nervous about. So like that was so touching that like I inspired someone just for being myself and, you know, not holding back at work. So that's my advice to other managers. So how are you celebrating this year? I am celebrating pride this year by getting married. There's nothing more prideful than that. than a gay marriage, I would say. So so that's how I'm celebrating, leaving the parades and, and all that behind this year, but full force and wedding planning and just getting to marry my fiance, Natasha. I am thrilled, so excited. It's been put off for a year now. So that's how I'll be celebrating. That is amazing. That is amazing. Hi, my name is Dara Feynman. I am a project manager for content on the Procter & Gamble account. Uh, she, her. You have a very interesting coming out story that I think you're you're ready to share. Yeah. Do you, you want to share with the world? My coming out story is super, I wouldn't say abnormal. I would say maybe easier than many, but also took a really long time, which is really funny in that I'm being referred to recently as a baby queer I have been in and around the queer and gay community most of my life, but it took until November of last year where I basically had an intervention, like as if I was doing something bad, where I had a bunch of my queer friends basically hold me down and go through the heteronormative checklist with me and be like, you say you're straight, but like we, we, had, to, we had it as a drinking game and we had to stop because we were going to die because I like clicked so many of the different boxes of this like checklist where it's like, am I saying that I'm straight because of the, like this, it's the standard or am I actually maybe bisexual and queer, which is where I'm landing as, as right now, I also think things are fluid and things can change for people. But as of this moment, like I'm out as a bisexual queer person who, I mean, I used to go on dates and they'd be like, oh, you're queer adjacent. Like you're so close to being like, like I was the minority as a straight person in my friend group and my, my hobbies, not just since I was an adult, but like literally went to arts high school, like my godfather, like everyone in my life, except, you know, so when it happened, it was very much like a hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I was like, oh, this is really big news to me. And everyone else was like, oh. Okay, this is good for you that this is news for you, bud. (laughs) I'm very lucky in my family, like got to be there while I was sitting there being like, maybe I'm queer. And my mom's like, maybe you are. I thought you were when you were 12. You know, like they're very supportive and very open-minded and very excited, maybe even that maybe this is a chance for me to be myself and find love or whatever, or be open to more joy in my life as opposed to it being a negative. So uh, I was actually really surprised that the person who had the response I really wanted was my brother, who was like, it was like to him flabbergasting. He was so excited that like, this was my chance to like, maybe be more happy and find who I am. And it was like really heartwarming. So my story is not that of like something sad. Like it's a very, like, I was the last to know. Well, I love that story. (laughs) Uh, And I love your family for that. So that is awesome. They're great. What brands are engaging the LGBTQ plus community well right now? 
No, like I hate to be the person to like toot our own horn. Um, I work on the Procter & Gamble account. I think they're doing a really good job. I'm not just saying that because I work on that account, but the the big thing for doing good, active LGBTQ plus work is engaging year round and not just being like, well, it's Pride Month, let's throw like a rainbow on on a bunch of logos. The other things that really start to, to be things that worry you are like people who are like, it's Pride Month, let's put this logo rainbow, but also let's donate to Mitch McConnell and like a lot of like anti-LGBT people who are literally actively voting against trans bills and against equality. And there's also this this fear, if you look at a lot of these companies and corporate places that are putting this flag up, that are also not putting their flag up in other countries and other places where it's not as accepted. And that's proof in the pudding that it's not real. I think there are a lot of brands, like I said, Procter & Gamble does a really good job of doing things year round, but they also take risks. And they're also not just being like, we love the gays. Like they are making statements about trans people. They are putting trans people in their ads and doing some really beautiful work that is making things visible. And again, it's that year round, like that's the important part. It can't just be, it's June, like let's all get drunk and go on a parade. Like it's not what it is. And like pride is not that. So I think that the brands that really get it are the ones that are are just actively fighting for human equality and human rights, even if it will hurt them, maybe a little. Last question, what does pride month mean to you? Pride is a riot. And last year I went to the Queer Liberation March and was almost pepper sprayed for walking down a street. I think it's very easy for us to be like, we're we're gay and we're queer and we're gonna put rainbows on and dance in the streets and it's so fun and it's a party. And like, sure, we also need joy. Like that's very important. And that's a big part of pride. But pride is was formed as a protest. You know, Stonewall wasn't fun. It was trans people of color throwing a brick. What it means to me is is looking to our four fathers and four mothers and four theys, four people to see where are their injustices still and like where are there people who aren't equal or not having coming out stories like mine, which was so like easy and maybe not easy for me, but like at the end of the day, like a lovely story, a heartwarming story, like people don't have that. Where is that happening and how do we fight for them? Pride is actually taking that time to look around you and see who still needs that support and give them that support. It's about confronting your own bias and about making yourself uncomfortable. And like, if you feel weird when people are using pronouns that you don't like, if you see a trans person of color and you're like, I don't know how this works, you need to confront it yourself and do your own education and donate to direct and mutual aid. That's my big thing. That's the big thing I've learned during COVID. That's a big thing for not just trans people of color, which has a huge disparity in in care that they can get, especially in New York City, which is why I talk about it so loudly, especially since they were the ones who started, you know, Marsha B. Johnson like started this and she was a trans person of color and like we all have a party now and it's like we're still ignoring this, this marginalized group so thoroughly. So I think that's like the real way we can make a difference in this world. My name's Neil Haimsky. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm an account manager at Merkle on the client services side, and I work across the auto vertical. Do you have a coming out story that you want to share with the audience? Before I share, I think it's important to know that there is never one point of coming out. It's never like, let me jump out of the proverbial closet and I'm done. It's kind of a consistent thing every time you meet someone and you, and someone's like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And you're like, no, I have a girlfriend. 
my coming out was a little rocky. I kind of, I had my first girlfriend in high school when my best friend and I at the time texted each other at the same time being like, I have a crush on someone. And both of us were like, who? And then we said you at the same time. It was, it was very dorky. That ended, of course, as most high school relationships do. And then it took me a while to fully come to the fact of like, no, I really am gay. It's not a phase. It's not tumbler indoctrination as some say um and then I think when I was 24 I finally just kind of sat everybody down and I was like no I'm definitely gay and now I have a beautiful girlfriend that I live with and it all it does get better kids I promise (laughs) that's awesome I love that what has your experience been being out in the workplace Overall, I'd say it was pretty okay. Um, every once in a while, um, not at Merkel at least, um, but once when I was when I was first starting to intern and, and first job out of college, you still get those comments of like, "Ooh, like what do you guys do?" And it's a little unnerving. But overall, I've, I've been pretty lucky. I have straight passing privilege, um, so I, I do fly under the radar. Wood. So it hasn't been too bad, and it's great that Dunsey and Merkel have so much LGBTQIA plus representation. Um, so it definitely makes it much more comfortable. Makes me feel much more welcome. What brands are engaging LGBTQIA plus audience as well? Actually, good story as far as brands engaging audiences. Um, and this is controversial because it's kind of like that fine line between brands who do just rainbow marketing one time a year to sell to sell a product. Um, you have the people in the middle who still do it one time a year, but at least donate a portion of their profits. And then you have companies who support all year round, but don't necessarily do something huge for pride. It's one that I saw this morning that is an example of don't necessarily donate all year round, but pretty good marketing in general was Burger King going after Chick-fil-A saying how a portion of their chicken sandwich profits, I believe it was up to 250,000 will be donated to LGBTQ plus charities. And then they went after the fact that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays and that was entertaining. It was very good for the Twitter platform, that quick whip. As far as companies that are doing it all year round and are great is Target. I know their line is a little rough <laughs> uh, in terms of being cute pride stuff, but they do donate a good chunk of their yearly profits to LGBTQ charities. They've been good allies to the community. And then, of course, Oreo. Can't forget Dentsu brands. <laughs> Oreo did a fantastic job with their commercial. They really did. They really did. What is one piece of advice you have for young LGBTQIA plus professionals? Don't be afraid to be the voice in the room. We all have those experiences where we'll sit either in a pitch session or a creative review and you'll sit there and you'll think to yourself, this is not, A, this is not diverse enough, or B, this is virtue signaling in not a great way. Unfortunately, it does fall upon not only LGBTQ people, but a lot of minorities to be that token person in the room to speak up. And it sucks and it's hard, but it does start with one person. So never be afraid to speak up because, you know, I'm sure there are kids sitting at home wishing that someone would speak up for them. And I'm sure we all sat at home wishing that. So definitely don't be afraid to speak up. What does pride mean to you? It means history. It means a heritage. It means fighting for what is right, fighting for what you believe in. One of the big things against the pride parade and the pride movement from, from the opposition is that, you know, why do we need to be so out and so open and in your face? We, we have all these rights, but the sad thing is, is that just because things on paper doesn't mean it's being followed through on. You know, I've driven, gone on road trips with my girlfriend, and I've noticed the looks we get in certain parts of this country uh, when we hold hands or when we're affectionate. And it's not great. <laughs> uh, legally, yeah, they can't throw me out the store, but it sure as hell is uncomfortable. People glaring at you like you're, you know, Satan incarnate. 
the history of what people fought for, what Marsha P. Johnson fought for, what Harvey Milk fought for, the gay sit-ins, the gay protests at churches. If anybody wants to learn more about that history, Netflix has a fantastic docuseries called Pride that sits down with gay elders, which due to the AIDS crisis, there are very few and far between, but it's, it's fantastic. So hi, everyone. My name is Kevin Million, uh, pronouns he, him, his. My title is Associate Director of Custom Research Solutions at Dentsu Media. My other more relevant title for this is the co-lead of the Pride BRG, so the Pride Business Research Group at Dentsu. I am Latino. I'm an immigrant. So growing up, it wasn't like super easy to be out. I was actually not out until I was graduating college because I kind of had that fear of being rejected by my family and kind of being kicked out of the house, et cetera. There were some episodes that were like not great. Generally, things are a lot better now, which is really good. My mom actually made me come out in a way that's really funny. It was, I think, winter break of my junior year or sophomore year coming from school. I was like, you know, at home sleeping or something. And like she came into the room and I was like, oh, you know, it's early morning. I'm like, did you make pancakes? You know, expecting like her to talk about like what we're going to eat for breakfast or something. And she was um really emotional and kind of like said, like, you know, I know you're keeping things from me. I know you're hiding something from me. We're, um, we're best friends. We're, and we, we are best friends. We have, I have a super close relationship with my mother. She was really trying to, you know, I, I think connect more at a deeper level that she hadn't been before. And so I basically came out to her then and there because she had shown me, I guess, at that point that she was really willing to talk about things and to really like get to know me more as a person or as an adult versus, you know, as someone's kid. So that was a really funny kind of coming out story. She kind of like pulled me out of the closet, which is fine because I was more than ready to be out. I had already been out to, I think, all my friends and all my schoolmates. So it was really kind of a funny story that she was like the last person. And then after that, it was just like a flood of like excitement, talking to her about like, you know, everything, talking to her about like the boys that I liked. So it was really nice being finally able to be myself with her. She kind of like gave me the signal to, to do that. Shout out to your mom on this pod. That's an amazing story. Yeah, it's a good story. What advice do you have for brands who are trying to authentically connect with the LGBTQ plus community? My advice would be to not be scared. I think a lot of brands are kind of paralyzed right now and not wanting to offend. They've crossed that threshold of, you know, like knowing the issues, knowing like the top headlines. They're really kind of scared to like dip their toes in the water. And I get it, right? I mean, the media cycle is, you know, very, very intense and very harsh sometimes. Even like, you know, gay Twitter, black Twitter, think about like the communities out there. They are very critical and it's good because, you know, people have a keen eye on their community. But I think being able to really just do good work, do the research and even, you know, try and fail will be fine because I think at least if you come with a really good intention, it'll show up in the work and it won't offend people. I think people might still, you know, there's some subsects of the community that may not be super happy with it, but at least if your intentions are pure and good, I think you can't really do too much harm. So just don't be afraid to really do some some work and just dive into the space. What is one piece of advice you have for young LGBTQIA plus professionals? Be yourself at work if the work environment allows it and really carve out that space if you don't have that space for it. I think I'm extremely lucky to work at Dentsu. I think Dentsu is super welcoming for the most part, and super inclusive and, you know, really does kind of like let everyone's unique interests or personality shine through. So I think be willing to do that. I know sometimes it can be, you know, 
discomforting and some people aren't as out as other people are. But I think if you like trust them with it, I think it'll be good just because it'll shine through and it'll just make your life easier as well. What does pride mean to you? Uh, pride month is stressful from an LGBTQ BRG perspective, but it is super, super fun. Well, it's also my birth month. I was born in June. So it's kind of like hand in hand. Oh, a lot of happy birthday. Thank you. It's next week. <laughs> but, okay, um, well, we're launching the pod for your birthday too, I guess. Exactly. It's a good present. June is always just really fun. I really love rainbow marketing, despite, you know, it's inability to, to maybe to do too much change or maybe it's um its ability to do a lot of change. I, I love seeing that everywhere. I think, again, as like a closeted gay kid, like, you know, rainbows were kind of a thing to avoid. But now that they're everywhere and now that, you know, brands are kind of unashamed to put them on and, you know, even allies just use them as clothes to wear. I think it's super welcoming and it's just super exciting seeing everything kind of like light up in those colors. It's you know, a good marker that the world is changing and has changed. And, you know, at least some ad executive out there <laughs> is inclusive, right? I love that. My name is Amy Crawford and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Amy. We will dive in. Uh, you have an interesting coming out story to share with our audience? I, I do. I do. It's funny. You know, Chelsea, as I was reflecting on my coming out story, I, you know, for me... I laugh a little bit at this one because I think it was actually the last one to know and accept that I was gay, um, despite all of the early indicators. When I was in elementary school, I wanted to look like a little boy. My nickname was Butch by choice. I even had a puffy paint t-shirt that said Butch on it that I made with dinosaurs naturally. But, you know, I, I have to say first and foremost that I was, I've really been blessed with an amazing mother and family that has always accepted and seen me for who I am. You know, from my mom taking me to the barber as a little kid to, to get my hair cut, to letting me rock a suit and being a ring bearer and a lesbian commitment ceremony when I was little. My mom has always been there for me and has always accepted and seen me for who I am. So I am, you know, super blessed to have had that be my experience. That said, you know, there were really three impactful moments for me in my childhood and teen years that, that led to me suppressing who I was and, and why I said that I was really the, the last person to know. The first time when I had experienced bias as a, as a young child is I was actually in gymnastics in elementary school and I uh, had a crush on my gymnastics coach, didn't really know that's what it was at the time. And I asked her to marry me and I, and I overheard her making fun of me to some of her friends and saying, this little girl just asked me to marry her. And then the second time I was in fourth or fifth grade and a, and a boy in my class said that his mom said that girls who play with boys are more likely to be gay. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be gay, you know, because I, being a, a child of the early 80s, it just wasn't as, as accepted back then. So I think those two early moments really led to a lot of suppression. And then when I was in high school, as I was getting ready to head to college to play Division One field hockey, my old coach told me, watch out, they recruit down there. And she was specifically saying that, you know, girls on the team would be trying to recruit other lesbians. And for me, it was really impactful because I thought that that meant that young players weren't going to be able to look up to me and that I wouldn't be able to be a role model. So I think the cumulative impact as well as some bullying and things like that, because I chose to look like a little boy growing up, really led to me suppressing and denying. And I just thought that I was a tomboy, that I was really into sports and that that's where my focus was. So honestly, until the moment when I kissed a girl for the first time when I was a sophomore, heading into my sophomore year of college, I was in a very deep state of denial and, and wouldn't even allow myself to, to feel any feelings around being gay or being a lesbian. And I just thought that it would really limit my life, which is, is so sad. And, you know, 
if I could go back and tell my my younger self to to you know to take any lessons from that, it's just to to embrace your you know your authenticity and to to be true to yourself. So. I know that was a long lead up to my actual coming out story, but I think it's really under, important to understand the journey that led to that moment of when I actually came out. So, you know, for me, which that, that moment of when I came out was during my sophomore year of college and I've been dating my first girlfriend for a couple of months at the time. And I was talking to my mom on the phone one day and she asked me, so Amy, are, are you having any fun? Are you dating any guys? And I was like, no, no. And she's like, well, what about girls? And I kind of had a, a long pause because I can't lie to my mom. And, uh, she said, well, is, is that a, yeah, I'm going to kill you or a yeah, for real. And I was like, it's a yeah, for real. And, you know, she was just so elated and so filled with joy and so happy. And she's like, you know what, when were you going to tell me, you know, this doesn't change anything. I love you so much. And, you know, for me, even though my mom had been so accepting my whole life, I still had that moment of doubt and fear about telling her and, and expressing, you know, this, that I was in a relationship with a woman. And, I am so grateful that my family and even my, you know, grandparents who have passed away now, but they were staunch Republicans. They they all embraced and accepted me for who I am. And I didn't face any rejection by my family or bias. And I'm so grateful for that because I know that is not the experience of so many other people in our community. And I just, you know, I my hope and wish is that at some point that fear goes away for people and that they are able to to live their authentic lives without fear because it's it's such a gift. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing that with us. What has been your experience been like being out in the workplace? You know, I can honestly say that my experience being out in the workplace has been very positive. And I think that's because from the moment that I did embrace my authenticity, it's it's been, you know, I've been out and proud and I've really led with that. And I think because of that authentic lead in and allowing people to see me I haven't faced as much bias and just letting them get to know who I am. I think just also being blessed to have worked in places that that embrace common values and that, you know, do have DEI policies, that do have inclusive workplaces. I, I've been really fortunate. So I think my, my experience in the workplace has been very positive being out. That's great. Pride Month is a really fun time to look at the brands that are engaging LGBTQIA plus communities and audience as well. And I think you know, first and foremost, I have to give a shout out to Oreo. Their proud parent campaign was absolutely brilliant. I love that video so much. It was just so touching. But beyond some of that great work that Oreo has put out, to me, the brands that are engaging this community really and audiences really well are categories like entertainment come to mind. You know, when I think about, you know, the programming that FX is putting out, Pose is one of my all-time favorite shows. I just think the authenticity, the representation in a real and meaningful way is so important, especially now more than ever, just giving people the ability to see themselves in media on primetime TV is, is massive. The brands that are engaging well are the ones who are actually seeking to give back and, and supporting candidates in politics that, you know, are advocating for our causes and are, are standing with us all 12 months and, you know, supporting the Equality Act. So the one piece of advice that I would have for young LGBTQIA plus professionals coming up in their career is to make sure that you're living your authentic life. We give so much of ourselves to our careers and to our employers. So I think it's really important to be out, to be proud. And if you find yourself in a situation where you feel like your company or your colleagues are not standing with you, then it's probably time to think about making a change because anyone who doesn't see you, who doesn't honor you and doesn't stand with you doesn't deserve to have your work and energy as part of their employees. And what does pride mean to you? 
So pride to me means a great deal. It's an acknowledgement and reflection on the past to honor how far we've come, but it's also a reminder that pride is a journey and this country still has so much work to be done. But honestly, Chelsea, I can't talk about Pride Month without also talking about Loving Day and Juneteenth, two critical moments in our history and our collective journey towards equality for all. Being in an interracial marriage with two black daughters, my wife and I have been married for nine years. These, these other two milestones are so paramount and important to me. But you know, to, to really sum up, Pride Month to me is a celebration of the resilient spirit and perseverance of a community that continues to fight for equality. And I think we have to acknowledge all of these milestones collectively together, especially because the black and brown members of our LGBTQIA community have been so paramount and really were the catalyst for supporting Pride. That's awesome. How will you be celebrating this year? Anything fun with the fam? And, you know, I don't know that there's any parades happening in my area, but really, you know, this this year I'll be celebrating pride with my wife by teaching our daughters that pride comes from self-love and affirming who you are. I'm Nick, uh, Nick Ponce, I should say. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I am a senior associate for PR and events at Dentsu. So I came out first to a couple of friends, like a lot of other queer gay men before me. I did the bisexual stepping stone. <laughs> I came out as bi to a couple of my friends in high school. And then my senior year, I started dating some kid in my class. And at that point, a lot of friends just kind of knew, but I, I didn't really tell my mom. And she was like the most important person that I wanted to tell. And so uh, a lot of my friends had already came out in the August before I went to college. I like wrote her a letter one night in my room and I was like, I'm gay. All my friends are gay. Like, this guy is my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, she was drinking tea in the kitchen and I ran into the kitchen, like threw the letter at her. And then like I ran and took a shower because I was like petrified of what her response was going to be. So then I came out and like ran into my bedroom and she like comes in and she's like, first of all, like, I'm not stupid. I've always known. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and she's like, second of all, like, I love you unconditionally. It's totally fine. She's like, I've always known. I know your friends are gay. I kind of figured after a while. She's like, but I love you nonetheless. And then, yeah, I mean, ever since then, it's been a world of acceptance. And now I used to volunteer for NYC Pride and she actually came with me at World Pride and she was a volunteer with me. So it's been an amazing journey for me, I should say, <laughs> with her. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Literally, moms are like, the shining stars in this pod. It's amazing how many responses we're getting of just moms being so supportive and loving mm. and helping the journey. So I love that. What's your experience been being out in the workplace? Um, it's been good. Uh, when I first started working professionally outside of college, um, I really didn't know like how to kind of approach it. You kind of have to keep coming out every single time you meet somebody new, somebody on your team or somebody in a meeting. Like if they're talking about different things, they're asking you, obviously the first question they always ask you is like, do you have a girlfriend? I think after a while with me particularly, I think people kind of didn't figure it out after a while, but you do constantly have to come out. And that's something that it took a while for me to be okay with. I would love for that not to be the case. I remember when I was at my first job, I was petrified to have my nails painted at my job. And then like now, like I went to work with like a full gel set like last year at my last job before this. What brands are engaging LGBTQIA plus uh, audience as well right now? I think any brand that is trying to do it more authentically and not just slap a rainbow on their bottle or on a pair of shoes. I think Sperry's has been doing a pretty good job as well. Um, they've been engaging a lot more queer artists and queer activists. They have some drag queens that are doing a lot of the promotion, but they're also very transparent about donating to the Trevor Project, let's say. So I think any brands that are like 
here is something that's rainbow. But like, if you do buy this rainbow thing, you're actually, we're actually donating to a cause and we're not just slapping a rainbow on it being like, we support you guys. And what piece of advice do you have for young LGBTQIA plus professionals? I think to really try to bring yourself and everything that you do. I think a big problem that us as queer people have is trying to live authentically, but then also trying to like really assess like, am I safe here? Is this going to be okay if I talk about my boyfriend, my girlfriend? Is this okay to wear like dangly earrings like during this business meeting? If you're walking into a business meeting full of a bunch of car dealers, like am I going to be safe having my nails painted? And I think just really understanding that if you do feel like you are safe to just like really try to like bring yourself in everything that you do. I don't obviously want it to be a cause of an issue within the workplace. But if your coworker is like, yeah, like do it up, I say, just go for it. What does Pride Month mean to you? I think it's a time of uh, reflection. It's kind of obviously celebrating yourself and all of your friends, but also remembering that like it's been a huge fight for the past 50 plus years, maybe over a hundred years at this point, honestly. But just really understanding that a lot of people came before you and that you're standing on the shoulders of a lot of great trans women of color, a lot of great lesbians. They're a huge part of the fight back in, during the AIDS crisis. And I think a lot of people, especially the younger generations, don't understand that pride hasn't always been about families. It's been more about sex positivity. It's been about the kink community. So it's been this whole big, massive fight that wasn't just your typical TV show of Glee on TV. Like it was like this whole big fight, like in the streets, it was very gritty. And I think it's kind of a time to really reflect on that, but then also to celebrate and then also still continue to fight because trans women are still being murdered every single day. So there's a huge fight aspect, but also a huge love aspect as well. How will you be celebrating this year? So this year, my friends and I, I think we're trying to uh, get together on that weekend. I'm no longer volunteering. So I'm kind of just more trying to celebrate and enjoy it. There is a big queer march that's happening in New York that's kind of taking back Pride because in a lot of ways, Pride has become a big corporation celebration. So really just taking it back to the streets and like really honoring like what it truly means to continue to fight for our rights, but also celebrate that as well. Yeah, my name is Lee Maybe. I'm Growth Strategy Director and my pronouns are he, him and his. Yeah, so my coming out story was kind of awkward. I came out and then I jumped back in the closet and I came out and I jumped back in the closet and I came out and I did it three times. And the first time was I got drunk and told my family that I had a boyfriend. Then... I clammed up and didn't talk about it. And then I went to university, came back. My parents asked, so I told them again that I had a partner. And then I never spoke about it again. And But all my friends and my colleagues knew about it, but it's just my family. And then I did the same again a few years later. And to be honest, it's one of my biggest regrets in life that actually my family are so loving and so together And I feel that I've really missed out on a lot. Um, Those first few years where I wasn't out of my family, I was hiding a lot of who I was. And I can't really pinpoint why that was the case. I just decided not to be out to my family, even though they, they knew because it had been spoken about. And it became a drain on me, to be honest. It was really difficult because I could be out at work and I could be out with my friends and my colleagues when I was at university the first time round. But it's just my family I wasn't. And it's a real regret that I wasn't as out as I 
should have been. And since I have come out, my family have been completely embracing of me and my sexuality and my partner. I've been my partner for the past eight years. He's he's in Dentsu as well now. So um, we are all part of one big happy family. Well, we're happy you're here and thanks for sharing that story. Uh, I'm glad uh, it's now all good. And your, your partner is here at Dentsu. So amazing. What has been your experience being out in the workplace? You mentioned from early on, it, it's been pretty smooth sailing for you. I've been out in the workplace since the get-go, um, since my first job when I was at university. The first main job I had out of university in the media industry, I was out. There was no one in my company at the time that were out as well. And that was quite difficult, I think, looking back, because there's no one for me to look up too. And I still feel that to a certain extent that we don't have in the media industry as many out senior LGBTQ plus people as what I would want there to be. And it's only now I've you know hit my mid 30s that I'm finding actually that I, I did need that support or I did need that, you know, North Star to, to work towards. I have worked in workplaces though where I have faced homophobia I'm not going to get around that I'm not going to say who those employers are but to come in on one of the first days at a new workplace and to see other employees writing each other's books homophobic slurs I faced that and I would act that very differently now than I did then I would call that behavior out but I didn't at the time and it was completely unacceptable then and it's completely unacceptable now I've been at Dentsu for four years, and I can honestly say it's the most open, welcoming, inclusive workplace that I've ever experienced. It's the first time I've probably truly felt accepted and seen as an LGBTQ plus employee. And I genuinely feel that the company is doing everything it can to support its LGBTQ plus employees. And what I will say to those that um, don't feel comfortable enough in the workplace, that's absolutely your your decision and being out is a personal preference and it's up to you to how you want to live your life but what you should know is that there is a support network here for you and that you do have people who can help and support you as an LGBTQ plus employee so don't ever feel that you can't be out for the fear that's your decision but know that there are people who will support your decisions whatever that is and that being out for me has completely made me feel a lot happier and comfortable but that's not the same for everyone and I think we need we should be cognizant of that and making sure that we are creating safe spaces for people to be who they want to be and how they wish to declare. What advice do you have for brands who are trying to authentically connect with the LGBTQ plus community? Very simple one be as visible in November as you are in June and I think if you really want to authentically connect with LGBTQ plus individuals and and our community demonstrate that don't put stuff out into the world but then not have an employee relations group don't put communications about how inclusive you are and then your own people internally don't feel that inclusivity as part of their lived experience don't have items of that you're going to sell to make a profit and then give a tiny amount of that money onto charity 
and then don't support LGBTQ plus charities at any other point of the year. And it is super complex. It's not, it's not an easy issue. And one of the things I've been doing a lot during Pride Month is being really engaged on LinkedIn about these discussions because it's not, it's not straightforward. It is super complex, it, this space. And every brand has to start somewhere. Really take the time to get to know the LGBTQ plus community. We're incredibly diverse. And I'm saying this as being a white, cisgendered gay man I am not the LGBTQ plus experience. I'm really not. So putting people who look like me and sound like me on your ads is not enough. Pride is a period of introspection. It's a moment for us to reflect on what we've done and how far we've got to go. And lots of people still say to me, why do you celebrate Pride? What do we need Pride? We don't have straight Pride. And I like to shoot down that in quite a lot of ways, to be honest. There are 70 countries around the world where it is illegal to be on the LGBTQ spectrum. And of those, there are 12 of those where you can be put to death. In the UK, trans hate crimes have been up. They've quintupled in five years. You earn 16% less in the UK if you are LGBTQ plus than you would do if you were straight and cisgendered. So for those reasons is why I still celebrate Pride and why Pride is really important. And what I'm doing this month during Pride is really getting to understand some of the narratives, some of the stories that we haven't heard. And I feel shows like It's a Sin have really exploded this year because it's telling a story that not many people have heard about. So there's been a lot around... AIDS, HIV, but that's been very much from a, from a US perspective. It's not really been told from a UK perspective before. And it absolutely was astounding that this year, 2021, was the first time that there has been a drama about the AIDS, HIV epidemic, 40 years on from the first cases. It's taken less than a year for there to be dramas that have been scheduled around the COVID pandemic. And for me, that just shows you how much further we have got to go and why Pride is really important. To my mind, when it comes to Pride, until we're all equal, we won't be silent. I'm Jared Wagner from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a senior talent acquisition partner at Dentsu, supporting DEG specifically. My pronouns are he, him, his. You know, I knew at a young age, I'm going to say like 12, 13, that I was pretty confident. Growing up in a small town, you don't have a lot of exposure to other folks who might be gay. Being in the music industry, I was a child star, if that's what you want to call it. And so I did get a chance to meet folks who were like me and talked like me and had mannerisms like me and and started to open my eyes to things that I wouldn't have necessarily seen in my small town. I think the younger demographic is becoming more exposed and thus it's becoming, I always call it usual versus unusual. Like we're not making it the norm, it's just becoming more usual. And when things are more usual, people are usually more comfortable with it. And so I became close with my cousin Becky and my sister Callie, where I just said, you probably already know this because there have been little puns and pokes throughout my childhood. I said, but I made the decision that I am correct, that I am gay. And I would appreciate if we kept this like 
sort of on the down low because I, I lived two separate lives, right? Like I, you know, I worked for Starbucks. So I felt completely confident in being myself in that workplace, but then had to go back to high school and be in my small town. And by small town, I mean like 2000 people, like there are more cows than there are people. So, you know, I never actually fully came out to my family until I made the move across the country, call it my great escape or whatever you want to call it. But it was a, I needed to go away so that I could start to, you know, understand myself and maybe surround myself with folks who had similar stories that I had. And it wasn't until maybe a year after I was gone that the question was posed to me like, hey, is there something you want to tell us? And then I just kind of, you know, put it all out there for my mother. My mother called me one day and she said, you know, I I feel like there's something more that you wanted to, to tell us. And so I told her and she said, I already knew, but your dad didn't know and he needs some time to process this. So, and I get that. I, I lived, you know, a good portion of my life knowing who I was, didn't really give my dad an opportunity to have that same amount of time to understand like who, who his son was. So, you know, that's the start of the story, <laughs> but I, I, it felt good to get it off my chest. And knowing what I know now, I would have came out differently than I actually did. But I was, you know, young and just wanted to rip the Band-Aid off at that point once I was approached. For the most part, since I started work, I haven't had any issues having conversations where it's not my wife or my girlfriend, it's my partner and I've felt comfortable, like I've worked for pretty large corporations that were probably a little more progressive, a little, you know, ahead of the curve on acceptance and and equal opportunity employment since I've been employed has always been a thing. I probably trusted that a little bit more than I should have. I was the, the token gay kid that worked at the bank in a call center of a bunch of folks who were the, you know, the norm cis straight narrative. And, and, and I think that being comfortable in doing that was, was, again, probably a little bit of a leap, but it felt good to be able to just be who I was. What's one piece of advice you have for young LGBTQIA plus professionals? Understand who you're working with and who you're working for. Because of the culture that we're in, we, there are a lot of resources of folks that didn't just go through what I went through as the person that I am and the age that I am. We're not the jumping off point. There are a lot of folks who legitimately trailblaze this for us and are in higher roles, director level roles, you know, executive level roles that are more than willing to have a conversation. So like know that your sexuality does not have to slow you down, does not have to hinder you, does not have to provide a wall that you have to jump over every single time. If you are running into that, we're in a world now where you can make a job change. And perfect for your title, by the way. That was like a good line into and make sure that you contact me for a job. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. 
what brands are engaging LGBTQIA plus audience as well right now? So, I mean, I think that companies are becoming more intentional. A lot of the past companies that I've worked for have been intentional about this. Like I worked for Bank of America for years, a good stint of my, my life. And they have always been like rallying, raising money for, for, for cause. Like it hasn't just been a smoke and mirrors type of, oh, we also encourage people who are gay to work with us. Like it's, it's intentional. It is, you know, it is so much that they have stopped doing business with, with folks if there has been any type of, you know, prejudiceness towards the LGBTQ AI demographic. I will say like Dentsu is doing a fantastic job and Merkel is doing a fantastic job. You, you look at some of the things that Christina Pyle is, is, is doing and, and the BRG groups are doing to really help folks become educated. The education that is put behind that intentionalness from Dentsu specifically and Bank of America. I love that. It's a great response. Last one. What does pride mean to you? It's a good question because I think that's changed over the years. The folks that came before us turned it into, you know, a celebration, even though they knew they might get arrested or hurt or even, you know, killed. I'm so proud that a group of people trailblaze so that I can walk in the streets today and have a rainbow painted crosswalk, the middle of Atlanta and many other cities. And I feel safe walking across that. Pride means so much. It means from a political stance like that Harvey Milk paved the way for other folks that looked like him and was like him and had the mannerisms of him. You know, he died. Like he was murdered because of who he was and, and, and the way he wanted to change the, change the world. You know, he started in San Francisco, but he wanted to change the world. So kind of gives me chills thinking about it. Like that's what pride means to me. It's a bigger story than us just wanting to wear rainbows and prance around in the middle of a park. I'm Kelsey Harrington. I'm a search engine marketing analyst at Merkle, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My experience uh, being out in the workplace has really varied over the years. I've had a few career switches and about 10 years of work experience under my belt. So it's been a journey for sure and really changed throughout my different work experiences. And I actually came out during my first professional experience out of graduate school. So I went from sort of not really having a firm grasp of my sexual identity to coming out and dating my now partner, married partner. And that all happened in that, that first job out of grad school. So my experience during that time of kind of like early 20s, self-discovery, moving 13 hours from home for my first job and navigating all of those sort of life changes at the same time felt a lot more vulnerable and scary than probably now. Now, working virtually never actually have gone in, in a Merkel office. So everybody I know from work, I know only virtually. That is definitely a different dynamic. 
part of what makes it unique is your ability to not really be out or open if you don't want to be, because I really don't have any personal relationships or friendships with any of my coworkers for better or for worse. Um, I just, I just don't, it's all virtual. And I'm also in a place where three years into my relationship with my partner, they transitioned from female to male. So my partner is trans. So I am still part of the queer community, but how I am out is very different because in order to kind of out myself, I need to also out my partner and they use um, they or he pronouns. So if I refer to them as my partner and say their name and say he, it doesn't exactly say that I'm a part of the queer community. It's much more nuanced. So that's been somewhat of a challenge of being both of, of kind of liking this ability to be invisible because it's a virtual workplace, but also wanting to be seen for who I am and uh, not necessarily wanting to go into a really long story about how I'm queer to people that I hardly really interact with all that much. So I would say it's been, it's definitely been nuanced over the years. It's really interesting. You know, we haven't heard that today, but I think that's a fascinating point around virtual and the, and the reality of that, I can only imagine. So thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. As far as brands who are trying to connect with the LGBTQIA plus community, I think that it has to be done in an authentic way. I think that the way that people engage with brands is very personal now. And brands can't get away with as much as they could before because of just the digital landscape that we live in. So if a brand is inauthentic in their connection to the community, they will be called out. So I think it's important for brands to decide how they are how they are going to actually engage with the community through advocacy in addition to marketing, uh, because that's what I think young people want to see and people who are going to be spending more of their money with these brands and being loyal to them. And then also sort of decide when they are reaching out with messages for the LGBT community, who are they actually having in mind? Are they having in mind kind of trying to change people's opinions who might be somewhat closed-minded? Or are they actually marketing to the LGBT community who doesn't need their mind changed on anything? Um, and I think that those are really different messages. And I think they're both valuable, but um, something that you message to allies or people that you want to be allies may not resonate with the LGBT community like you want it to, um, because it's not necessarily for them directly. Spoken like a true marketer. I think just like anything, you know, you have to know your end in mind, your goal in mind, um, and kind of tie that all back into the strategy and real thinking of a campaign. So I think that's very well said. What's one piece of advice you have for young LGBTQI plus professionals coming up in their careers right now? You know, as, as a former young LGBTQIA plus professional myself, who was kind of going through that coming out process as a young professional... I think that there can be a lot of pressure to feel like you have a label and that you come out to people. And while I think that that's an important part of your own identity and kind of becoming more comfortable with who you are, I also think that it's okay to not feel pressured or necessarily like you have to do that. I think that a lot of workplaces promote this culture of very relational, very 
we all love working here and we love each other and we support our employees and you can be whoever you want here. And I think that's obviously a great message, but I also think that as a young professional, you can often feel like if you aren't a part of that group, that's like rah, rah, we love working here and we love everything about it, that you are somehow missing out. And I I think that that's not a total necessary component to having a successful career or feeling successful as a professional. And, you know, there's clients that I work with that, I, I mean, we don't have any sort of personal relationship, but if they were to ask me about my husband or something, which is not a word I would use to describe my partner, I would probably just go with it. I'm not going to take that as an opportunity to come out to a client over this virtual call. I'm just not going to. And that's okay. That's, I think that's fine. Whereas maybe someone else is in a place where they really, they want to take that opportunity to educate or be fully visible. I just don't think it has to look one way. So we haven't asked anyone else yet today because they haven't highlighted this question, but you did. So now I have to ask because I'm definitely curious, what should people know about you that they don't? Um, okay. So I think some, I think what people should know about me, but they probably don't. And it, and part of this is I, I am pretty private at work. My partner and I are foster parents and our first, our child, um, who is two now we adopted from foster care. And now we're focusing on fostering kids who are part of the LGBT community. So I've been parenting a 14 year old trans boy for about two months now. And that is a very unique experience as somebody who has never parented anyone but a toddler. Having this young person in my home who's just going through a hard time and also a member of the LGBT community has been a very rewarding experience that he can look at us and see people in the LGBT community who are living out like that it gets better theme. And I, I think that's a really fun experience. It's a, It's been a challenging experience. It's hard to do that while working full time. But that is kind of this added layer to who I am that um, I think only two people really at work know about me. Part of why I bring that up is I, I hope and would love more LGBT identified people to look into doing this to be kind of a resource to young people who identify in the LGBTQ community. I love that. I am glad I asked the question. That is a (laughs) phenomenal answer. And how will you be celebrating this year? Yeah, so this year for Pride 2021, it's been a long year of quarantine and toddlerhood kind of on top of that. And so one year ago, we uh, adopted our son and this year for Pride, and it just sort of lines up. We're traveling home to see my family for the first time in two years, and most of my family has never met him. So that's going to be an amazing experience to see him playing with his cousins for the first time. And um, my grandmother, who's in her late 80s, getting the chance to meet him is going to be an amazing way to kind of celebrate our family, the way we formed a family. And um, it's going to be a great way to celebrate Pride this year. That is awesome. Well, safe trip. Sounds like a great way to uh, celebrate Pride and also two years of not seeing your family. Yeah. (laughs) So that's amazing. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of doesn't feel like it. And then when I look back, it feels like a lifetime. Exactly. Totally agree. (laughs) I'm Erica Fisher. I work at Dentsu 360i. 
as an associate media director on the audience activation team. And I work on CarMax. Pronouns are she, her, and sometimes dabble in they, but a little bit on the like unknown side. <laughs> what has your experience been being out in the workplace? So I would say that I'm like not totally out. I know some coworkers know like that I've been closer to, but it's not really something I've shared, not because I don't want to, but just because it's been a challenge to sort of make it a known factor because I'm (laughs) in like a straight relationship with a a man, but I don't identify as straight. So what brands are engaging LGBTQ plus audiences well? I think that's sometimes a, a challenging question. I've seen like Nike do a really good job, but I think where I see a lot of brands do a better job is almost on the small business side, because it at least it feels more authentic and less like a capital gain. Like I saw this one cute little like pin brand on on social media that was a, a the representation of, of how like you can support during Pride Month. I love that. So, you know, this kind of ties in. What should brands be doing to even start speaking to this audience in the right way? I feel like getting your own company or kind of mission involved first. So like if you haven't really been involved in activist conversations before, it's good to have like your own employees and your own company really understand that before you can, I think, dive into helping others, like help yourself before you can help others situation. But I think also just finding ways to be socially responsible, giving back is always crucial in a lot of groups, LGBT nonprofit groups need that type of support, not only during Pride Month. So yeah, I love that. I think you definitely need to talk the talk and walk the walk, right? So <laughs> internally, your your boardroom should look the same way that reflects the audience that you want to speak to, right? So yeah, having a definitely. seat at that table is important. How will you be celebrating Pride this year? Unfortunately, I think just because of the pandemic, I'm a little bit on the anxious side of going to the parade, but I always find a way to be with, you know, friends to celebrate, but also I'm a little bit more introverted when it comes to this type of stuff. So probably I like to, you know, give back to to charities. Like I say, I try to read a little bit more LGBT novels or, or literature just because that's how I feel a little bit closer to things in that way. So probably more around, around that. Any favorite podcasts or books or you mentioned novels? Like, do you have anything for our audience <laughs> that you would recommend? Yeah, the the last two books I read were both young adult books, but they were like easy reads that were kind of just like relatable and cute. One was The Black Flamingo and the other was You Should See Me in a Crown. They were very like more high school based, I think, but just, you know, very heartwarming. (laughs) I totally get it. I mean, that's how usually I also watch my television as well. Yeah. The coming of age and the teenage stuff. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm over the adulting. As an adult, like when I was younger, I didn't really have the access to that type of entertainment or anything like that. So like having it now and almost looking back makes it feel like, oh, people do have this now. That's, That's nice to know. Totally. What is one piece of advice you have for young LGBTQ plus professionals coming up in their careers? I think first starting off saying that you shouldn't have to feel 
like you need to to prove anything to anyone. For for me, I haven't really been out at work and that's by choice, but it's because I quote unquote haven't had the what people would identify right away as someone who identifies as queer. And that has been a little bit of a, a struggle, but I wouldn't want people to feel like they couldn't be themselves authentically just because they're not fitting into a stereotypical physical look. And for me, that has been what has been the most challenging is coming to terms with that. So I think just making sure that how you're feeling, you're feeling authentic where you are and that you can find people that you you trust in the workplace to be those people. So I think that would probably be how I would try to explain it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks to all of our amazing guests today for joining this episode and celebrating Pride with us. We're inspired by each and every one of you and motivated to continue to push our industry to do more and be better. And thank you again for listening to another episode of The Human Element. You can find us anywhere you can hear a pod, give us a like, subscribe, tweet, send us a note. We'll be back out to you real soon.